Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Victory Monday. It's a Victory Monday Podcast. Shock America back with you. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always on this Victory Monday, Jack Mangan. How are we doing, my friend? Uh, good thing that it's a Victory Monday as well, because I think <laughs> it would have been quite a somber mood um, if it wasn't given the opponent. Yes. Uh, important yes. game for us to kind of right the ship and, and snag three points, and uh, glad to have done that. Absolutely, absolutely. And Erica, I see it in the chat. Gluck off to you. Uh, Gluck off to everyone listening, uh, wherever you may listen to, whether it's on YouTube or streaming on podcasts, whatever. Um, interesting game, Jack. We're not going to get too much into it. Uh, we win against Osnabrück, a uh, team who was dead last in the table. We won 4 nothing. Uh, emphatic victory, maybe. Uh, goals from Marcin uh, Kaminsky in the 20th minute off a corner kick from... Paul Seguin, Paul Seguin, excuse me. Uh, speaking of him, uh, coming out of coming out of the break, really on like thirty three minutes in, a nice uh, over the top ball by Fairman. Toroda gets a nice chest off of it. Uh, Moore, who I thought had a fantastic game, over the top finds. Uh, well, excuse me, Merkin over the top. Moore plays a dummy, uh, falls right into the feet of uh, Paul Seguin, who pulls it away two nothing at that point. Love seeing that. Simo Torota get fouled in the box. Again, nice play by Moore to kind of set that up. Uh, Simon converts the penalty, gets a goal after the birth of his child, his daughter, uh, this week. And then the captains off a, a goal, which was originally given to Keenan Kataman, was given to, uh, considered an old goal by Florian Keen, uh, Kleins, Kleinhansel. So 4 um, nothing victory, Jack. Um, before I get about the game, I mean, the lineup was interesting in this one because... The starting lineup, we get Simon Toroto back in the lineup. Obviously, I mentioned that he scored the goal. Um, and the change in formation, where, which we'll get to in a second, but it's a 4-4-2 diamond uh, with Matriciane, Kalash, Kaminsky, and Merkin in the back. Um, a diamond four of Schallenberg, more on the left, Seguin on the right, Karaman up, hold on top of the diamond with Toroto and Lasma. I saw this lineup. I wasn't sure what to think. Um Obviously, we need some help defensively. We, I wasn't. I know the midfielders needed to help the the, the defense for sure. But uh, see this lineup, I was okay. I mean, obviously, having Simo Torda back, um, we talked about Seguin. How how impactful can he be? He seemed, he seemed pretty good in the last game. Uh, thoughts when you saw this lineup uh, head into the game? Yeah, you know, it made me wish I could have actually watched more of the game. This being like a Friday game during the yeah. work and everything, also not <laughs> on for us. plus, so difficult for us to uh, <laughs> to catch it. So I'm mostly operating off of, of of highlights for the most part and some extended things that I've seen. But um, yeah, wish I could have seen it more, just because another another wrinkle uh, in terms of a starting shape. Um, probably like the third kind of different um, yeah. shape that that Gerard has put forward since he's taken over. So still clearly in like an experimental phase not that he maybe he'll be a manager that will constantly tweak things depending on the matchup but yeah certainly seems like maybe he's taking an opportunity against what should be a favorable opponent to try something different in yeah. sort of a lower stake situation potentially so uh yeah interesting and interesting to see Torada back in there don't necessarily expect that to be something that we see consistently i think this is just probably once again a one-off uh getting him some match minutes against yeah. the bottom team in the table 
but nice that he capitalized on it and a uh, big week for him, obviously, as you mentioned with uh, the birth of his daughter. Yeah, uh, I know during press conferences we'll get to uh, one of the comments is like, hey, you know, if Toro really wasn't at practice this week, why'd you start him? And, you know, it's like he's obviously got qualities still, you know, even despite his 35 years old or whatever he is, uh, young, much younger lad than I am. But uh, no, it's uh overall 4 nothing victory. Like I said, uh, you know, going into the half is one nothing. Okay game, but, you know, we needed some goals. We needed some cushion as we always do. And we not only won 4 nothing, we got a shutout. <laughs> no. I don't really want to get into the game because it's Osnabrück and they're bottom of the table, right? It's nice that we won. It really, it is nice that we won, but I mean, like we can't take too much stock in this victory, right? We need to get on a roll. We need to get on in, in form. It's nice to have the one. It was obviously nice to have a victory Monday, right? But I mean, how much stock are you taking into this four nothing win? You know, with the Rangers season still to go, and we're still in 16th position. Or are you saying this is a good way to start, kick things off? No, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking much stock in it. I think it's nice to get a clean sheet, which our defense desperately needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's nice to, you know, get a comprehensive win, another good offensive performance, and once again, yeah. getting the likes of Tarada involved. Um, and Seguin getting a goal important as well. Obviously, we, we haven't really seen a ton of him early on, but involved in the last couple of games and playing pretty well. Um, yes. You know, score two. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily – Look at this as suddenly uh, optimism after that five three loss. Saying, "Oh look, we've we've righted the ship or something." This was a result we expected to get. It was nice to get it by the margin that we did, but um, you know, no more than just sort of business as usual here. Uh, and then, yeah, but hopefully, it's a it's a stepping stone to uh, to continue the rest of the season with the uh, the Winter Pauser coming up pretty soon. I think the best part of this game was that we didn't have to struggle for a win. It wasn't like gritting our teeth to the end of the game, hoping that we'd win the game. It was like pretty emphatic. Once we got the second goal. It didn't seem like Osnabrück was in it. And then obviously when Toroto scored his goal, it was like, okay, we, we won the game. Let's just see it out now. Uh, that was nice for sure. Um, but, you know, the, the one thing I do want to talk about in this game is that they went with the 4-4-2 diamond formation. Schallenberg talked about how that was nice. Um, I don't have the quote right in front of me, but he talked about how, you know, it was nice to go with the 4-4-2 diamond. A little bit of help in the midfield where, you know, previously they maybe had three guys or maybe, you know, the three guys were there were more, much more in advanced roles. This is a little bit more... Uh, even shape, I guess, and um, create triangles. Yeah, yeah, excellent. He, that's what he said. Yeah, the triangles were there, the passing lanes were there, and yeah. One of the things I noticed with the Garage system when I was looking it up, when I was researching it early on, was that what he looks for is those triangles and those quick passing abilities, and the diamond offer that that offers that ability. And Schallenberg spoke to it not only in practice but also in the game. It showed, yeah, again, it's Osnabrück, but I think this could be something we see or maybe to to your point you know maybe just every game depending on the opponent we tweak it just a little bit here and there because i don't know if we're we can be married to one position given that maybe our talent isn't the greatest in, in the grand scheme of things what are your thoughts on on the diamond uh helping out with the triangle in the passing i mean i love me a good diamond whether it's four four two or four five one diamond yeah and always have been always will be uh but no what i what i would say is I think particularly in a team, if you look at the squad that maybe lacks um, a lot of kind of like natural archetypal winger talent, yep. uh, it makes more sense to pull those wide players into more of like a central midfield shape in that diamond. Yeah, We um, can keep them a little bit more like narrow in possession. You don't have to expose them as much on the side. So I think that it could in, in theory be a shape that actually sort of fits our personnel maybe a little bit better than what we've been trying to do overall. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's still kind of up in the air whether or not you know, a back four or, you know, a back five, three center backs, two center backs is, is sort of the preferred um, arrangement for this group of players. Um, 
and then still waiting to see, you know, like like Cisse or somebody for for Gerard's too. Has he has he featured under the new manager yet? I don't think he has either. So I don't think he has. Um, uh, in, in friendlies, he has, but not in actual games. And we see like Baumgartel sort of out of the equation at the moment too. So um, yeah, interesting to know exactly how it's going to go going forward. But yeah, I, I thought it was fun to see, if nothing else, at least for a one off. We're going to have a, obviously, as we always do, the winter pause is a long time off. And so I'll probably, I uh, got me some uh, football manager 24. So I'll experiment to see what kind of lineups I think uh, may it work for shock. We'll see. Maybe uh, if I'm any good, no, maybe I'm better than the guards. No. Um, yeah, no, the, the lineup was interesting. I think the one thing missing from the starting 11 and even the substitutes was no Thomas Oyan. We, we knew he was suspended. Uh, was sent down to the U23s, obviously, for his uh, tirade or whatever you want to call it last week. Um, but uh, we did get to see some um, youngsters on the bench, obviously, and and guys we saw in this game. Kiki Top got involved. He was involved. It was nice. Idrisi Templeman and Cedric Bruner, a uh, guy I forgot was on the team uh, via Instagram. It's a pretty funny guy on Instagram. He said, uh, "What was it? He's called, he said, yes, I still play football. <laughs> I was watching the game, and I went, the ball went to the corner, and I'm like, wait, wait, is that is that Bruner? Cedric Bruner, he still plays for us. I totally yeah. forgot about him. I think he was injured or something. He just was gone. I didn't even think anything of it. I forgot he was injured. Yeah, it's like what, why is why do you think Patriciani's been the <laughs> fixture that he's been? We're thin back there. We're not that thin. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> not that thin to have the goat there all the time, right? Um, but uh, uh, I do want to get into some of the quotes because uh, uh, as as much as the as fun as the game was, um, there were some interesting quotes in the pro, in the press conference afterwards. Um, First, I want to we'll, we'll play a little clips here and there and just talk about it. But uh, here's Gerard's comments um, when he first assessing the, the game and how it went. Um, make a screen big here. Come on, there we go. There we go. Mm, I think today, uh, of course, when you went for nil, it's a it's a good feeling. Uh, the most important for me today was to see that my team start well. I think we uh, all. So last two games that we had a, a bad start of the game and that uh, from that moment we need to follow. Uh, last week we, we start playing football after only 30 minutes. Today it was good to see that my team from the first second they were present, they were aware of the, of the situation uh, no matter against which team that we played today. Uh, I saw the team focused and that was the most important. Uh, and, and Okay, today we score, I think uh, we are strong in set pieces. We score in a good moment. Uh, of course, this helps. But um, the message in the second half was clear that we cannot only defend the first goal. We need to go and look for the second. And then once that uh, that goal uh, was scored, then you see that my players also uh, took confidence and they start playing and they, they fight. So uh, I'll stop it right there. But uh, so he says, obviously, I think what the key in this game was that the start was much better. I mean, how many? not only just the last two games, but it, I don't know how many times this season have we said like – we didn't wake up until what 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in halftime. Um, and this one from this game from the get go, you know, I, I forget how early we scored the first goal. I think Matris, uh, Kaminsky scored with 20 minutes in or something, but mm-hmm. a good start to the game. Obviously, it's the point you want to do it to, um, but a much improved start, I think, in this one compared to what we've seen in the past. And I, I think that helps a lot. I mean, we've had good starts in the past, which blew up in our face. We talked about that last week, but you still want to start in the, on the front end versus on the back foot. Yeah, definitely a consistent source of frustration for us. I think on the pod this year is is the hole that we've been digging ourselves early in matches um, and the amount of time it takes for us to seem to kind of switch on and maybe gain some belief at times. So 
uh, can agree with him on that front, particularly against the opponent, would have been doubly concerning if we yeah. had, you know, once again started poorly against Osterbrook, gone down early, that kind of a thing. Um, yeah, so glad that we didn't do that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think I agree. I think from from the beginning, we were uh, having a lot of joy from wide areas too, getting balls in, you know, stuff in transition. So definitely looked up for it. Absolutely. Um, next, I'm gonna play a clip on. Uh... Him talking about Simo Toroto, I mentioned Andreas Ernst posed a question to him, so I'll let you hear the clip uh, in its, in, uh, its entirety. It's a short clip Say, here. Uh, something about Simon Toroto. He had an eventful week, his father of, of a daughter, um, and didn't take part every day uh, of the training. Um, why was he in the starting lineup, and what do we say about... Um, Kudos to Ernst for his English, by the way. ...what he did today. Yes, because Simon uh, is a good player. Uh, that's why he was in the lineup to start... Uh, he was not there on training yesterday. He was not there two days ago because, yeah, when you become father, you never know when it will happen. So it took two days. But in my uh, in my world, already from the start of the week, it was clear that Simon uh, could play this game. Of course, I need to. You need to speak with him for the last two days if he slept a little bit or not. But I know when you become father that you are on the in the clouds. And Simon showed today that he was uh, that he was there. He scored a good goal. And it was really important for the team uh, when we speak about about structure, uh, about taking the lead on the field. So there he's talking about uh, what Simo Toroto brings to the team in terms of leadership and stuff like that. We have, we've been wondering, like, we've seen so far this season that maybe, especially under Gerrard, that maybe Toroto hasn't been always the, the first name on the, on the, on the sheet, uh, even under Rice as well. Um, and we were wondering, at least I was wondering, I don't know about you, but I was wondering, like, has Toroto lost a step in practice or are they just favoring Lasma and, and Carbon because they're kind of hot? Um, so it's nice to hear words, at least from, from Gerard saying that um, he obviously understands how important Simo Toroto is. He's obviously a good leader and obviously uh, seeing that he just had a baby, he'd probably be more motivated than, than, than even before. And so uh, what are your thoughts on, on his comments on Toroto and just having him back in the starting lineup? I mean, yeah, look, it's it's only going to be downhill for Toronto, I think, from here on out. In terms, of, no, not like from this performance, yeah. this, at this point in his career, in terms of his physical gifts and whatnot. Like, yeah. I think the, the the losing a step is going to kind of increasingly become a thing. I mean, but honestly, I think the reason we haven't seen as much of him is that you know, especially given his lack of mobility at this point, um, he's a he's a striker that needs some semblance of organization and service around him for you yeah. to even really like get anything out of him. And if you have that, he can be a serious contributor. If you don't, he's taking up space and he's not really helping you against the ball as much and everything. And so I think it makes a lot more sense, particularly early in the season when things are just an absolute mess, you know, to have people on that can at least run a little bit more and put some pressure on people and, you know, try to break things open a little bit. Um, but I mean, what I will say is like the, the things I love about Zemo that like the second he gets on the pitch, there's there's things that you notice about him that are just a class above other people. There was yeah. a, there was a chance early in the game that honestly I was actually kind of frustrated that he hit this wide and didn't get this on target. He had enough to shoot at, but ball kind of comes in, plays it off his chest, and sort of in one motion turns and just immediately fires this like to the left of the post. Yeah. Once again, it's it's that decisiveness, that economy of motion. You just don't see that from a lot of the other guys on our team, and that's one of the things that excited us when, we, when he came on the team a couple seasons ago. And from the from the get go, we're like, wow, we finally have a you know a proper number nine again. So yeah, um, yeah, even though he's not really putting in those performances as the moment, and is unlikely to kind of recapture some of what we've seen from him in a shackle shirt already, um, I think those parts of his game shown through in this performance as well, though. And it just goes to show you, you know, if we actually get into a situation where we can 
establish a little bit more of a um, a rhythm and a structure and kind of can play in a consistent way and provide him service, he can probably be more of a contributor down the stretch. I still don't think he's going to be our starting striker at any point this season for the most part, but um, I think you might see him work into the rotation a little bit more and more mm-hmm. cameo appearances and whatnot. Um, and uh, I, mean, I think everyone would love that. So I say, I, and, and I wonder, cause like, I, I think in this game in particular, cause we use that four, four, two diamond, um, the worst seemed to be Torres did seem to be more involved, whether it was in the middle of the pitch, like on the goal that Seguin scored. He was he received the ball off his chest in the one motion, right? You know, gave, gave it over to Merkin. Beautifully done. Like I said, it's that the economy of motion, the the way the skill set he has that not many of the strikers on our team have, or maybe even the league. Um, and then a lot of a lot of times he was he was on he was holding up the ball, getting involved, getting his opportunities in front of in front of the goal. He had six shots in this game. I mean, he I think he had the most shots in this game out of anybody. So you know maybe this formation leads to that. And I think also Moore I thought played a pretty good game. He was active all over the place. Seguin as well with another good game. Hey, hey you talk about game. you know Urian being out. Gerrard has no issue playing that Merkin at left back with Tobias Moore on the pitch at the moment. Both of them are doing well. You know since since Urian's be out in that role. So interesting yeah. tabs on that going forward. And I think too that we we said as many times how you know whether it's Merkin, Oweyan, more whoever, one of those guys can't do the job. We need almost both those guys, two guys out there because one guy can focus on the defense, other guy can push up a little more. We've seen Merkin push up still, even though he's a back four, back three, whatever. And so it's, it's been a nice change, and it's going to be hard for Thomas Oweyan to get his spot back the way Moore and Merkin are playing. Merkin's playing pretty okay this year. He's probably the best of the of the left sided defender or left sided players. Uh, but Moore has been, you know, he's had some really good games lately. So, you know, it's very, it's very possible that Oyan, unless he has something, comes off the bench and has something, you know, spectacular, he may not see much of the pitch time this year, barring an injury or anything like that. So, um, speaking of, of Paul Swigging, I want Seguin, I want to go to the the next clip where um, interesting words by Gerrards on Seguin, and I want to get your thoughts on it because um, when he said. You'll 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 know what he says when when he says it, because uh, it, it took me for took me aback when I heard it. But let's just play the clip here, and, and I'll shut up. Uh. Uh, Paul Seguin was in the starting lineup and scored a goal. How do you rate his performance today? Yes, a good game, like he was last week. Also, when Düsseldorf when he came, uh, Paul uh, is uh, per intrinsic is one of the best four players I have in my squad. And uh, I think for him it's important that he played today 90 minutes. I hope his goal also will give him confidence to to continue what he is doing. And uh, if Paul can play every week on this level, I think the team will provide a lot of this uh, of his performances. So one of the best four players on the team. Um, we've talked about how segue when he's good, he's he's, he's a contributor, right? Um, would you say uh, maybe maybe Gerard is saying that's a pop up his player, but would you consider Segui one of the four best players on the team? I'm just, just curious uh, your thoughts. Is that what he actually said? Because like for some reason that that second video was like echoing more when it was coming through for me. Like we were like a, he was speaking in a large stadium to a large. Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, he said for me, Paul Segui is one of the top four players on the club. Is what his words were. I mean, yeah, if that's what he if that's what he said. I mean, no, I don't. I don't really agree with that in principle, but I mean, I will say it's encouraging to see guys that have been on the periphery or left out, been afterthoughts uh, at times early this season to get an opportunity and make the most of it. And I think to be a spore who you just mentioned a minute ago, and then of course, Seguin as well are two good examples of that over the past, you know, two, three games, whatnot. Um, As I mentioned last week, you you know, even in that five, three loss, I thought that when Seguin came on, um, he helped us establish a rhythm. 
yeah. in the mid, like like one second he can he can play balls with a with a weight that sort of conserves momentum of certain moves. Yeah. Um, at moments, I think better than some other people. So there's yeah, and I thought he took his goal well in this one. Um, uh, you know, fortunate to kind of land where it did, but you know, decisive, good finish, hard, low into the corner, no nonsense. Um, yeah. love to see it. So. Uh, yeah, at a minimum, play the hot hand, and then you know until Seguin gives us a reason to to take him out, keep rolling with him. Yeah, and I, and I think managers often say like some managers are set with their starting eleven, and then this is my starting eleven. We're gonna go hell or high water, right? But there's other managers, which I think Gerard's is, where you know they ride the hot hand. Everyone's got to compete. He said there's no there's no guaranteed positions. Everyone has to compete in practice. I want to see that you're trying. And then, you know, as a result, you, you know, that, that strong performance in practice, you get a call up like this, and then, you know, hey, you become all of a sudden a hot hand. Kyron's been a hot hand recently. Moore's starting to become a hot hand. It's hot hand. It seems like Kaminsky is kind of shaking uh, some of the cobwebs and is starting to get into rhythm. You know, the last game was, you know, it is what it is. But, um, uh, and then Fairman, Fairman's been, you know, playing well lately, too. So it'll be interesting to see um, how this progresses going forward. But I, yeah, Seguin, you know, let's see what he does against Hansa Rostock uh, coming up this Sunday. And uh, if he can continue that form, I imagine he'll get another start in this one, whether Simon does or not. I don't know. But um, Seguin, Moore, Schallenberg, probably given Kyrman as well, right? So uh, curious to see if they can build off this momentum. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, for nothing, it's a nice victory, but we it's nothing if you go to the next game and you, and you crap the bed. But uh, yeah, let's... I mean, well, the nice thing is that that three points kind of pulls us right back into the orbit of a lot of the teams in front of us. Like, you know, Braunschweig yeah. and, and Osnabrück below us are, you know, three, four results away from kind of the rest of the pack. Now when we're at 16 points, we're just one off of, um, you know, 15th and 14th. Hansa Rostock being one of those teams, our next opponent. So another opportunity off the back of Osnabrück to potentially get another result. Um, you know, Kaiser Slatt and Magdeburg. Are Magdeburg all, at 19, three points ahead yeah, of us. Exactly. So, you know, 12 points is within a result. Essentially, yeah. and then uh, even even all the way up to eighth place, where where Harrison Berlin is, that's five yeah. points at the moment. So this is what we were saying earlier: is like you don't have to go panic mode yet. It's not full Armageddon. Like yeah. you know, if things don't improve, then like yeah, we're in a relegation fight, and currently we're we're still down there. So like yeah. we have to we have to take that seriously, and you know, keep that as a possibility. But the math is not such that we need to go into total despair mode yet. And if we rattle off a couple wins, we can be in a better position um, pretty soon. You just need a little bit more consistency. Uh, which yeah. we haven't necessarily gotten under Gerard so far. No, and like I said, we got two games that we can somewhat right the ship uh, going going into the big winter pause. Obviously, Hansa Rostock is this weekend, uh, who are one point ahead of us in the table, one place of, ahead of us in the table, and then we end ended the next week after, uh, next week against Groit the Firth, um, who currently are in fifth place, but you know twenty seven points. I mean, if we get a result there, you know that's six points in the last two games, and all of a sudden you're looking at. Uh, do the math here, Jack. Uh, 22 points, and then, you know, we're, we're top 10, possibly, depending on the results. So we'll see. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see how this uh, team shapes up on the next game. I'm really curious to see how we start the game again. It was nice how we started this one, but we got to continue that for sure. So uh, some player news to get out of here before we get out of here. Um, oh, real quick. Um, st- stats kind of – it's interesting. So you from looking just by – Pure optics, our offense and defense both seem pretty bad, right? I think we've talked about how our offense is, yeah, it's okay. Defense is certainly terrible. But you look at the statistics, and I, and I was looking over the, the standings this weekend, and I'm looking at the goals for, goals against, and I'm like, look at the teams around us. So Eintracht has 11 goals for. Uh, Hansa has 17 goals for. We have 27 goals for. We're, I think, sixth best off offense in the league in terms of goals for. That surprised me. I was completely shocked when I say that. 
Um, <laughs> Nanders in the house says, uh, may I say y'all are looking good today. Great talking points. Thank you. And uh, happy victory Monday. Uh, but yeah, 27 goals for we are sixth best offense in the league. Yeah, the defense were second worst, right? You can uh, take that as a grain of salt. But I was shocked, you know, stats, you know, just because you see how low we are on the table and how the optics sometimes can play, play a trick on you. Statistically, we've scored a lot of goals. We just give away too many goals. How many games have we given three to five goals, right? A lot. Uh, but I was surprised when I saw that stat. I think part of it is just that we haven't had kind of like the singular guy who's banging them all in. They've been a lot spread out through a lot of people. I think also there's yeah. a decent number of them that come, um, you know, from set pieces or whatnot. So I think maybe the overall impression of us in the attacking phases isn't as strong as what the goals have yeah. ultimately proven to be. But I do think even with that return, there's a lot that we can improve in possession and on, on the offensive oh, end, yeah. independent oh, yeah. of what kind of goals we're scoring. Um that would serve us well, you know, going forward. All right. So player news around it to end this podcast, uh, Keenan Karaman, um, one of the better strikers at the moment on the club or attackers in the club. He's being an interest from Hellas Verona of city. Uh, now, um, his, he's made no bones about it, that his goal this year is to make the Turkish team for the euros year 2024. Um, and you know, many are many, I guess, I don't know if in the Turkish camp or what, or maybe his camp, uh, thinking, you know, hey, you're playing, you're in a 16th division, 16th place team in a second division, uh, and in, in, in Germany, how, how is Turkey really going to look at a player who's in that kind of position? And so, like, maybe he, maybe he's going to move on. I think it's going to be doubtful he's going to move on, especially to a team like Hellas Verona, who they're in a relegation spot themselves. Granted, they're in a they're in a top division in Serie A, but I mean, for me, if like if I was a Betty man, I would say this is more fluff than anything else, and I doubt a move for Karaman would happen, especially if it was Hellas Verona. If it was another team that's a higher in the table of a first division club, okay, I could listen. But uh, for me, it seems kind of eh. What about you? Um, I mean, I think second division Germany is much more his speed than first division Italy. Um, although that being said, I, I w- wouldn't blame him if you know he kind of looked around and was like, I've probably had enough of. My time at Schalke so far hasn't been the most fun, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially he's been there, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, obviously begrudge anybody wanting a sure. change of scenery. Um, I don't recall whether or not he was one of the players that's kind of been named. I've been seeing a lot of stuff going around in terms of, you know, who might they're booing with the part with, you know, over the winter break as they are looking to potentially bring in a lot of new names and, you know, do some legitimate business this winter. So um, I forgot, you know, if there'd been a statement about Caramon or not, but it, um, I mean, do, do you see him being somebody that like we should be okay with letting go during the winter? If he wants to dip, if he wants to, yeah, I mean, we'd be okay. Um, I think Poulter would probably get more playing time. Kiki top would get more playing time as well. So I think we'd be okay. Caramon has been one of the bright spots this season uh, so far. And so I'd rather not lose him for sure. But you know, if he if he wanted to go, out, like you said, I wouldn't begrudge him, and I think we'd be fine, uh, honestly, because I think Lastman needs to step up, and he showed glimpses. Toroda as well, Poulter, I mean, the rest of the guys can step up. But uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I'd be okay with him, but I'd rather not see him go. Obviously, now you mentioned some of the other names that were were invented amid this. Um... <laughs> so. Uh, Nodders in the chat saying, I visited my brother in law two years ago and saw his team, Hansa Rostock, play St. Pauli, and it was incredible. Hansa is going to be very difficult match. They're, they're very tough. I, I know they will be, for sure. They are. 
and this way we play in the season is going to be tough. But um, you mentioned another player that was mentioned. Uh, Karaman was one of the names. That, they really didn't say they're like, ah, it's doubtful that he'll be moving uh, this this uh, winter pausa. But one player they thought would be the most likely to move is uh, Sebastian or yeah, Sebastian Poulter. He's not getting really a lot of minutes right now. I think if you know, I don't know. I don't know him at all. I don't know what he's thinking at all. But you know, when he said he was coming back to Schalke last year, it was under probably false pretenses because he thought Toronto was retiring. So I said, "Hey, I'm going to get a starting position here in the second division. I'm going to get my minutes. I'm going to get my goals and be fine." And all of a sudden, Simon kind of did the U-turn and said, "Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm back." And uh, he hasn't even under Rice or even on Gerrard. He doesn't seem to be first or second name picking on the, on the, on the score sheet. And so right, he's not getting yeah. that many minutes. And it's so, not even Tarada specifically that's keeping him out. It's, it's Lasma, it's Caramon, it's, it's other people. So correct. Um, yeah, no, I don't blame him being disgruntled. He's been pretty vocal in the press about saying like, Hey, you know, I'm not trying to cause a scene and I'm you know putting the work in and everything like that, but I'm also not going to lie about the fact that I prefer to be playing. I'm just that kind of guy. If I'm not getting minutes, I'm not happy. Yeah. Um, and it's been going on long enough that I, yeah, I don't, I don't, blame him for wanting to to go elsewhere so they they don't think that he's going to be sold they think it's more likely going to be a loan type deal uh where he's going to go somewhere and get more starting minutes you know if if it is it is it is with the case right um he's a guy who could be useful for us but he hasn't really given the minutes so far and he's had injuries as well that kept crept back up this year to help hamper him a little bit so you know um and if he's the one of the of the attackers to go i would be I would feel the best about it. Not that I want to see him go, but I mean, if, if you're going to take anyone from us in terms of the strikers, I would say take Poulter over to anybody else. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about him. He's kind of frustrating. There's a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, he doesn't bring enough. He's not good enough. You he know, should I'm be not. a bully out there and he's not. And then there's other times where he plays better and you kind of go like, that's more like it, but his best performances are usually those like, that's more like performances and never like, yeah, but there's a there's a phenomenal performance. You know what I mean? Like he's never hitting that next gear. Yeah, it's always kind of like he tricks you into thinking he's about to hit that next gear. So I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a trickster. <laughs> no, he's putting he's putting some shifts for us. So I you know I respect him. Speaking of putting in shifts, uh, we're just going with the, with the segues tonight. Um, one of the guys who was putting shifts early on in the season uh, was arguably our best player. No, nope, not arguably. He was the best player on the team. Maybe best player in the league, honestly, the way his performances were. I'm talking about Marius Muller, the goalkeeper. He went out with a big injury. We thought we see we wouldn't see him for the longest time. Well, he is back in training on the training pitch, uh, and there's hopes that he will return at the start of the Rook Runda. Gerald Asamoah as well was interviewed, and he mentioned that yeah, we're really hopeful that he can get back on the team um, at the start of the Rook Runda. I think that would be fantastic. Not that. Fairman or Heckerin or Langer played poorly. It just Marius Muller is on a different level to those guys. I gotta I gotta watch myself because I keep wanting to say Marius Boulter. It's a little little nostalgia at me from last season, the angry tree. But Marius Muller, as good as those other guys are, are, are fine there. I think Muller is a, a class above those two guys or three guys. And before, he really, you know, we could have been embarrassed early in the season if it wasn't for him. Uh, he really kept us in those games. Um, thoughts on the prospect of having Mueller back much earlier than anticipated. Just as things are settling down, we get the goalkeeper drama coming back, and I'm sure Ralph Fairman will be thrilled to see that Marius <laughs> Mueller is getting back healthy. Uh, obviously, he didn't take it particularly well when he was yeah. starting at the top. Of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Mueller had some great performances early. Um, if he gets the starting job, I don't think anyone's going to 
uh, be surprised or necessarily upset about that, given how he looked before. Yep. Um, and let's see if we just have a definite, you know, progress in timetable for his return, as opposed to, you know, was it Kaminsky's laceration on his leg? <laughs> Took a year. Whatever that was, that was like, you know, the longest term, like, nebulous oh injury of all time. So, yeah. Um, Miller's kind of been out in the wilderness for a bit. Nice to see him making, uh, you know, noticeable strides back to a return. Yeah, uh, pod on, <laughs> Dirk says, don't jinx Mueller, and uh, pod, pod Animation says, our bad luck with injuries was too much. Yeah, we, we, it seems perpetual with the amount of injuries we get every season. Um, but, yeah, you know, Fairman, you know, is worried about his starting position. Hey, keep playing well. Get, you know, get two games to, to prove that you are just, you know, you should be a starter. And then, hey, give Garrard something to think about when you're coming in the, in the Rook Runda. Uh, and I, I think with these kind of injuries, the injury that he had, any injury, really, you don't want to rush it either, right? If Fairman's not giving you a reason to pull him, like he's not making mistakes, keep keep Mueller, you know, healthy. And then if you get any kind of wavering from Fairman's performance, then you hey bring him bring him back in, right? It's yeah, Fairman's been fine for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Um, that bad sort of aerial moment in the five three loss recently, but outside of that, he's been yeah, he's been Fairmanish. Yeah, Fairmanish, <laughs> like it. Uh, then the last thing I got, um. Denis Undav, he's a he's a player currently with Stuttgart. He was uh, with uh, he's on loan from Bright, uh, Brighton Hove. Uh, they interviewed him and they asked him like, "Oh, hey, he's like he, he's he talked about how he's a Schalke boy at heart. He's, one day loved to play for Schalke if they ever made it to the top division." He said, "Hell, I even go to second division for them, and I, and I just want to. I would love to play for them sometime." The board apparently never, knowing his love for them, never made an offer for him. Brighton Hove ended up buying him for seven million euros. Guys now killing it at Stuttgart. Uh, eight goals, one assist uh, through the first 10 games. Um, obviously, having um, Garassi over there doing really, really good things over there. But uh, I, I think it's different. I mean, you can take it with a grain of salt because obviously Stuttgart are playing phenomenal this year. A team who nearly got relegated last season are third in the table. Um, probably the biggest surprise of this season. And then a second close to Tribe Leverkusen. Um, but, uh, you, know, you know, it's nice to hear that there are fans of there's there's plenty of people who players who still grew up loving Schalke and would love to come back to the club. It's just like I think given our current state, it'd be hard to get those players on this team. I think he's right. If we were in the, if we were in the Bundesliga and you know, we had some money to spend, hey, it'd be nice to go after him, right? Especially a guy who got eight goals this year in the Bundesliga. But um I think it's just uh wishing a lot of wishing and wanting and um giving us hopes that we're never gonna get <laughs> Ultimately, that's what it seems like. Schalke. We get our hopes built up for no reason, and then boom, they get shot away. And this would just be another prime example of that with uh, Denny Zundoff. Uh, Barfon hasn't been retired for too long. What's he up to? Is he going to come back and strap on uh, the boots for a couple games? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Raul, Raul probably could still play, right? And Hotelar, bring the gang back. Just bring the gang back. Uh, yeah, yeah. We hear we hear a lot about this, and then it, it rarely uh, seems to materialize. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Something sense. Not, not gives us. A, a nice emotional hug, you know, as things are going badly in the season to hear that, you know, other people elsewhere still are, uh, you know, tuning in and, and caring about the progress and everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I was, I was a lot, I guess it was last year before or two, three years ago when we had like Huntelar and, and Kolasinac came back because they wanted to help the club. You like seeing those kind of things. And I mean, Eric just mentioned Gosens from, um, as well. Remember, we were for, we almost signed him at one point, it seemed like, and it didn't happen. I mean, yeah, really I know. That can make that happen. Kraus, um, another one. Yeah, Kraus. Yeah, Nubel. Well, we won't mention Nubel. We won't talk about Nubel. But uh, yeah, that's all I got for tonight, Jack. Uh, keep it short and simple. We got obviously a game, big importance for us. Uh, we said it was a must-win this past game. I think a Hansa Rosa game as too, and a great defer to an extent. We got to get a good result. But 
Hansa, we got it's a team, it's a direct rival at the moment for you know for relegation. So we gotta step up. It's gonna be a tough game, as uh, Nander said in there. Um, but you know, let's let's get another result, get another positive start to the game as we did in the last game, and hey, hopefully we can get a another three points, Jack. Um, get another victory money before we uh, close this Hinrunda uh, out. That would be nice. Back-to-back relegation six-pointers. Hate to say that at this point in the season, but <laughs> it is. So it's true. Um, it's yeah, true. Yeah. But hey, got got the got the first half of that done against Osnabrück. Time for yeah. the second half against Rostock. Yeah, that, the hardest part is the first part, right? It's a, I, I was pleasantly surprised surprised by the result in that game. So, all right, let's get on out of here, Jack. Uh, nice quick pod as opposed to last week. Um, let our followers know where they can follow you on social media. At JMAGAN, JMMANGAN on Twitter. And Dirk says, only two more wins and we're golden. Let's see what's possible. Let's see what's possible. You can follow me at R underscore K H A R M A N. More importantly, follow Shock America on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, everywhere on social media. If you don't follow us yet on uh, YouTube, make sure you subscribe there, leave comments, like our videos, be much appreciated. You can listen to our podcast anywhere that streams music. Uh, and yeah, this Victory Monday is. Uh, Brought to you by Shaka. No, it isn't, but uh, it'd be nice. Um, We'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully a repeat podcast of this week. We'll see. Gluck out.